Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We're back, finally. Like, we took a little, a small hiatus. A little... And you're finally back. I am. (laughs) I'm back from the tropical jungle of Riviera Maya in Mexico. Yes, I... I... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Heavy sigh as I look out the window in Chicago being 47 degrees that's such a contrast yep it is <laughs> such a contrast <laughs> it oh is but that's gosh. just but the, the day that we're recording it is it is dreary today however we're supposed to have a a really good shift of weather so i'm just mm-hmm. i'm holding i'm holding tight but anyway well we got the cherry blossom festivals oh, out at festivals right. on out here so yeah yeah, yeah dc is yeah, I it's saw. Horrible. Yeah, it's, the weather. It's warm today, but yeah, you know, the weather is tomorrow blossoming. It's be crazy. The weather is blossoming yeah. in, the D, in the DMV. But we are back, and we um, we are always back with a force. We have yet another really wonderful um, interview in store for our audience. But before everyone has missed the the music tip because we haven't had one now in a couple of weeks because I know I didn't do one when I did my solo episode. I know you did. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So if you could do us the honor, what is the music tip? Well, uh, this was actually given to me to by one of my students, and it is I, I had no idea this existed, but but it's great um, as. If you have um, songs, uh, a, a nice size catalog, I mean, well, even if you only have a few songs, um, there's a site called TrackLib, um, track and then L-I-B uh, dot com. And what you can do is you can upload your song and now make it available for other people to li- to uh, get a license to sample it. Oh. And so if you want to make some extra money from your tunes uh, you know, some side money from your your songs. People can sample your songs, and now you can actually get paid for people sampling your songs. Awesome! So it's a yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, and also for people who are who use samples um, and are looking for that type of stuff, it's a great place to find you know great songs, and you can actually buy a license. And it's you know some decent money for and on the other side for people who are uploading their songs um i'm looking on the site now and, and j cole actually sampled a song from Tracklib. oh wow so yeah so i mean if you get on a j cole yeah. track you know <laughs> uh some nice little royalties might accrue yeah so, no that's awesome. yeah check it out okay yeah see that's that's good no i didn't hear that that's new for me i never heard of that so that's me a too. good one so, yeah, and my, that's thank, a nice passive, thank my student yeah that's a passive easy <laughs> Yeah, way of income. Yep. All right, very cool. Well, since we're talking about music production, that's that's a good little segue into our um, into our guest today. And so, again, you know, it's really it's funny when Will and I sit down and we try to figure out, okay, you know, Will goes and thinks about the people he'd like to invite to the show, and then I sit down, and you know, we have not run out of people. 
<laughs> we, <Nope. laughs> we, it just keeps going. I'm like, oh, I can reach out that and this, which is really like, wow, that, that, I mean, because so many times you can feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, in my little corner, nobody knows. But as we, you right, know, right. go through it, it's like, oh my gosh, we've had, you know, such amazing guests. And when I decided to reach out to this guest, um, I, you know, of course I reach out to those people who I've worked with and who I admire and who I know are like just amazing, you know, musicians and people in this industry. And so this guest is actually um, a sound engineer that works on my project. He does a lot of work with my producer, Kendall Duffy. So if you have been checking out my music and you're like, God, the sound on that, like, wow. And I get this a lot. So I get a lot of people like, you know, the production, you know, the sound sonically is so like crisp and so beautiful. And I'm like, mm hmm. Yup, it is. And Kenya <laughs> didn't do any of that. You know, no, I was saying, no, I, I sang on it, but you know, what really gives the music that special, special is, you know, the production and the, the engineering of the mixing. And so we today have as our guest, Mr. Alan Lytton, who is a mixing engineer, sound engineer. Welcome, Alan. How are you? Welcome. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Alan, you make you make my music sound and I know you do this for all your artists, <laughs> but I, you and I have had this conversation about, you know, how sonically like, and I know your ear is very sensitive and we'll get kind of into that in a moment, but you know, I just want to just commend you on, I, I've worked with other engineers and there's, there is something you, you are set apart because I can, when I go back and I listen and I compare and it's like, wow, that, you know, it, it, it may be very subtle to the average person, but when you kind of hear it over and, you know, over again, it's like, wow, this is, this is special. So I would love for you to just kind of share as we start off, um, you know, what exactly you do, because I want to make sure I said your title right. You may say, oh, no, I'm really a blase blah, but, you know, exactly what it is you do. <laughs> and how, how did you, what got you into this whole thing of sound engineering? Well, I, I def define myself as a recording engineer, but mm -hmm. I don't do that much recording anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I miss that desperately, but um, mm -hmm. probably since maybe 2005, mm -hmm. somewhere around in there, I've been predominantly a mixer. So I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I get the files after everyone's um, done recording them and, and I'll assemble and, and you know, EQ and compress and add effects and whatever to give you that finished product. Mm -hmm. So I predominantly do the mixing. Um, did a lot of recording earlier, mm -hmm. but um, I would love to get back to it. So anybody, <laughs> you know, I'm still recording if you want to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Um, mm -hmm. How did and, I get started? Yeah. Um, how did you? How did what? What even decided? What even led you down that path? Oh gosh, uh, probably trying to be an accounting major. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, yeah. that's random. That, that's, no, 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 no. that's everybody's story. Uh, you know, so <laughs> started music in probably uh, middle school, I guess, or, or maybe elementary school, playing trumpet, right. and went all the way through um, high school and college doing that. Um, 
somebody I think heard me singing in their ear at a dance or something like that and said, <laughs> Hey, you sing pretty good too. So, you know, and I got dared to try out for a singing group and then did that. And that was pretty successful at that too. So mm-hmm. sang and played my way through college and, um, doing a lot of big band and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, with my music degree that I changed to after I dumped accounting, um, I thought, okay, a music performance degree, no less. Um, now what am I going to do? So after piddling around for a couple of years, I went, I found this, um, school called Full Sail mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Winter Park, Florida, suburb of Orlando mm-hmm. and now Full Sail University. Mm-hmm. And, um, was recommended that um, from the local college who was just kind of getting started and said, well, if you're really serious, you'll go to Full sale." Mm. So after undergraduate, uh, decided to do that and went there for a year, um, stayed in Orlando, did some internships and worked for Disney a little bit, and then followed one of my classmates to Nashville. Mm. And yeah. I just knew that at the time, at least, uh, newly married country boy from Shenandoah Valley, uh, Valley of Virginia that uh, New York and L.A. probably not my scene. <laughs> so um, found my way to Nashville and started interning and working at a uh, Christian music label called the Benson Records, Benson mm-hmm. Music Group, mm-hmm. part of the Provident Music Group now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a big room there, and they did predominantly um orchestra and choral mm. uh, recording mm-hmm. so for the for the church market um so that was pretty cool got to cut my teeth uh with some of the best players in the world mm-hmm. uh Nashville string machine and a lot of the rhythm players from from around here that um just fantastic players fantastic people mm-hmm. and 3 years of doing that before one of the guys um, in the gospel division, Paul Wright, asked me to be his personal engineer for a new label that he was starting. And that mm-hmm. kind of started me on my way to firsting. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. That was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that, I mean, every guest that we bring on, it's it's very few people that just, this is what, you know, I want to do and this is what I became. It's always these lovely ups and downs and journeys so and yours actually was not terribly i mean that was pretty direct that wasn't you know the accounting you, you never worked in accounting you never did that in that way so no i thought i was gonna be i thought i was gonna be an architect and one of my cousins is a great <laughs> architect and then oh, um wow. and that you know then i took an accounting class i went gosh i love this i love numbers and work with numbers and yeah. so I started off as an accounting major and after a semester of that and we still hadn't even looked at a spreadsheet it was like definitions every day all day long i said when right, are we gonna do the right, spreadsheet right. he goes well right. maybe next year no nah, thanks oh, god talked yeah. to my advisor yeah. that day you know um can i switch yeah <laughs> so yeah. but yeah. um now music's right. always been in my blood i've always listened to to music i think differently um mm-hmm. and it's just a passion and you know it's one of those things i mean all your listeners will will be able to understand this. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and there's no music, it's hard to breathe. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, when That's it's like true. that, you know that there's something different about yeah. who you are and what you want to do. So yeah. I followed it and um, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. Mm. Awesome. Well, I, I want to circle back to what you, when you were talking about um, working in Nashville and then the, the, um, the gentleman wanted to start a label 
um, what because this is this is important for our listeners to to hear is what what do you think that that uh, that that you did? What, what was it that you did or what was it about how you were handling your business and um, how you were working, how you were organizing yourself that made uh, him make that decision to say, oh, you're the guy I want you. Interesting. Well, you were breaking up in that part of that question, but I think I, yeah. I get the gist of it. Um, what made him pick me? Is that what you're asking? Right, yeah. right. Um, exactly. Good question. Uh, we, the studio was on the first floor and he was up on the third floor of the building and he had a home studio. Um, at, at He's always had a home studio all through the years and different places he's lived and always been involved um, with production or A&R or something. He was an A&R guy at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, he would come through the studio pretty regularly and just say, hey, you know, did anybody, anybody you know, because manufacturers would, would bring demo stuff by, you know, to show you their new wares and stuff like that to, to for you to try out. And so he would always come by and say, hey, anybody bring anything by, anything new to check out, try out or whatever. And, or what are y'all working on now and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so I'd see him all the time. And then occasionally he would bring something through. They would be, there'd be a live gospel record that they did. They needed to do some overdubs on or something. And so they would use the studio there cause you know, the label owned it. So <laughs> why not? Right? <laughs> right. And it's like the old days, right? The, the labels own the studios. You do all the work in those studios. So, right. and that's coming, that's coming back by the way, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, um, so you come through all the time. We kind of built a relationship there. And that's actually when I met Kendall, uh, Duffy mm-hmm. as well through his brother who worked with Paul at the label. So that's how that relationship got started back in 1998, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's been a long, long time. time. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We go yeah. way back. Yeah. Anyway, the original client number one, I believe <laughs> he probably, he probably <laughs> is <laughs> only, one yeah. I, only one I have that long. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, but Paul and I just kind of hit it off. I listened to a lot of, um, a lot of music that that he liked, uh, be it be it gospel or, or especially R and B music stuff like that. So we kind of hit it off, and then when that studio and company kind of shut down and moved locations, didn't build a studio, and that's when I I kind of flew the coop to try to make it on my own. And mm-hmm. uh, one of um, his other engineers that he used was double booked, and he asked me to come by his house and and record some uh, vocals for a song demos or something like that, mm-hmm. and. I did, and he called me the next day after he came back and listened to him because he wasn't there that night and came mm-hmm. back and listened to him and says, what did you do dif- <laughs> differently? <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't know. I used the same mic and the same preamp and everything that you had set up. I just kind of massaged the EQ and the compressor a little bit. And he's like, these vocals are phenomenal. I've never heard anything like this. I'm like, really? So I didn't think it was that special, but. Apparently yeah. he did. And then kind of another similar thing happened a couple of weeks later. And then about a month later, that's when he called and says, hey, I'm I'm starting to do, you know, label an independent thing and mm. um, building a studio actually fairly near where you live. And I really would like, you know, to offer that to you to be my personal engineer. We're going to do, you know, a lot of records and mm. and work with a lot of different folks and um, multi-artist kind of stuff and that's where we started and we did about nine records 
Wow. In about five months. Oh my gosh. Start, start to wow. finish. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then we were kind doing, of on that pace for four years. Were you doing both recording and then the mixing or like? I was. Mm. I was doing it all at that time. Wow. I, he had the studio there, so he had it all set up. Um, uh, I was able to make a few, you know, helpful decisions on the front end too, but he kind of had a, a plan in action and, and I came in and learned Pro Tools because I, I was I was coming out of a world on, you know, analog tape and some digital tape as well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, I had learned Pro Tools at Full sale, but it was four track. <laughs> it, it was a four track <laughs> Pro Tools right. when I learned it. That's how oh long ago that was. Gosh. Right? 95. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. It was not a mixing, you know, yeah. platform at all. It was just kind of recording, editing kind of thing. But yeah, um, but wow. yeah. So I, he had me record it all. Um, we did a few live records too that we hired a truck for, and I would go and do those as well. But um, I had a nice studio there. We recorded everything, overdubbed, mixed everything, start to finish, right there. There was a lot of records that were done. Um, some of your some of your folks may remember the Quiet Times series, the instrumental series. That's some of the first stuff I did for him with Jonathan mm-hmm. DuBose and um, oh, Jonathan. Donald okay. Hayes. You know, that's where I met Donald. First record mm-hmm. I did. And mm-hmm. um, those were done a week. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. yeah, we recorded two days, overdubbed two days and mixed, you know, three wow. or four days. Wow. And they were done. So, but small track count, you know, small stuff. But yeah, yeah. Cool. Still love the way they sound today. Yeah. Well, speaking of artists, if you could just to give our um, our listeners some pr- perspective, you know, maybe some of the more popular names that people would be like, oh, like what what types of artists have you, you know, worked with in terms of mixing or recording projects? You know, I should have known you were going to ask that question and uh-huh. been more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Where is my all music page? Let's see. I know. Well, people oh, could. I could shoot. put that. I will. I'm going to include that actually in our show notes. But if there's just somebody like that stands out for you, I mean, you've played me certain things. I'm like, that's who you worked with. What? I mean, maybe yeah. just one or two. Uh, well, maybe. Aretha Franklin comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to uh, to leave that session to take my wife to the hospital for my child to be born. So oh my god, oh, wow. it makes it even more memorable. Yeah, just yeah. a little, just and a then little. Finally, got to she wasn't at that session, but we finally got to meet her. Uh, probably about seven or eight months later, she was wow. in town for the Stellars and came by the studio. We were kind of still working on some of the stuff, and she wanted to hear the progress and got to bring my wife and, and my son by the <laughs> by the studio to meet the queen of soul oh my god it was really cool yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah. recently um about a year ago i guess uh hooked up with a guy in atlanta named jay fly mm-hmm. a drummer mm-hmm. and um he has a great foundation down there bringing uh, music you know to the inner city school kids um mm-hmm. uh, okay. showing them that you know, the dream is still alive and, and it's, you know, it's okay to dream, you know, for that. Mm-hmm. And he uh, does a record every so often and um, got to mix um, Marion Meadows and mm-hmm. P- and none other than Peebo Bryson. Oh, wow. Um, Are you singing. on his newer stuff? Is that because you said that was a year ago? Okay. Well, so it's about a year ago that we did it. Oh, and okay. um, that song hasn't released yet. I think it'll probably be the last one to release. I got gotcha. um, Okay. 
off of his his project. Nice. Um, but it's the old Cindy Lauper tune, Time After Time, and it's really cool. Nice. It's on Marion's record, too. So if you have nice. Marion Meadows' record, it's on there as well. Okay. Um, but I don't think either of them have released it as a single yet. But, gotcha. Um, and I got to meet Peebo about two weeks ago. He was in town and at the Symphony uh, Hall and went down and hung out with him for about an hour. And, wow. you know, it was just cool. We talked golf and all that stuff. It was great. <laughs> right. Well, but, I, um, I, I, like I had said, you know, earlier, there's a, and you, you kind of, you suggested it um, when you were talking about how you were like the one that they were kind of wanting to work with when you did the vocals. And this, there's a, there's a nuance that your ear clearly is picking up on differently than maybe <laughs> maybe the usual. And so what one of the things that when I'm coaching artists and you know particularly singers and you know we're going through listening when they go and get their recordings done or whatever and then they'll show you know play me something being mixed and I'm like you know like oh no you spent this money you know on this and so so for you do you think that's just it's just a gift or do you think it's because you were a singer at some point but what what is how do you think you've gotten that skill? Because I think people who are trying who are trying to engineer or people when they're selecting engineers to work with the things they want to be asking that engineer about so that they know, mm-hmm. you know, if this is someone, you know, worthy, like what, how do you think that that came to you or is that yeah. just a natural gift? It's <sighs> a good question. I mean, the, um, I don't, for me anyway, I don't think that, let me say, I don't think that um, you have to be uh, a great musician to be a great engineer. There are certainly people mm-hmm. out there that, you know, can play this this console um, like an instrument, you know, and they've never played an instrument. They don't mm-hmm. read music or they don't understand, you know, a chord chart or whatever. I don't think mm-hmm. that's, you know, a prerequisite. It definitely helps. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I can't, for me, I don't think I can separate... Um, you know, the fact that I, you know, is, am an instrumentalist as well as I was a vocal major mm-hmm. and, um, love lots of different genres of music. Um, and there's just something about, especially for me, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll mix them all up tempo, mid, down, whatever, <laughs> but, um, there's just something about a great vocal ballad that I just fall in love with. And I, and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't ever hesitate spending the time to get it right. Mm-hmm. And right. this world that we're, this music world that we're in right now where budgets, you know, are what they are or, or aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and time is always money. It always has been. But um, now it, it's like, you know, it used to be, um, they spent a lot of money, so time was so important because it was costing a fortune to be in yeah. the studio and, and to hire the engineers and, and the players and whatever. N- now it's almost like the opposite, but it's at the same time, it's a lot of people don't want to don't want to take the time because they feel like maybe they're not getting paid as much or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. going to take the time. And I mean, I've told people before, you know, low budget, high budget, it doesn't matter. It gets the same attention, at least from me. Um, Oftentimes, some of the lower budget projects actually get more attention because they need it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not necessarily recorded by great engineers and great studios. So sometimes it needs a little more help, yeah. a little more finesse. You yeah. know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's just a, that's just reality. But 
um, spend the time. Don't be afraid to spend the time. It, it will pay off, you yeah. know. Yeah. It, and understanding, too, for me anyway, I've always said this. Um, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the music. The right. music mm-hmm. The music deserves it. Right. right. So, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not, first of all, I don't set out to go to make a great record. I just set out to mix what's given, you know, in front of me and make it the greatest. I think I can make it. So wherever that leads, you know, so be it. But um, if it comes a big hit, great. And if it's just an album filler cut, that's fine. But um, just try to make it the grace it can be. And um, yeah, you just got to spend the time. You got to give it the effort. And that's how you keep your work. I mean, because your integrity, I mean, if you're Uh consistently, no matter what, like you just said, you know, you're, you're consistent in that. And I think that, you know, people really need to understand that, you know, it's about putting your nose down and doing the work and making it great. (laughs) It's not, you know, it just, it just, yeah, do the work. Yeah. I I think you said something really key though. I think you said, uh, you, you love, love it. I think when you put that word in it, when you say that you love it, and that that means you'll give it that special attention that it needs, mm-hmm. and it's it's a uh, it's a different approach than you know. I, I like to mix, you know, you know, and, and I, I want to get paid to mix. But when you love, you say you you love to to hear vocal, uh, hear a ballad or, or mix vocals on a ballad. I mean, the per, every, whoever's going to come to you knows that you're going to give it the right attention that it needs right. to to sound great, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, right, and. Exactly. So that's the, and, and 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 my other I guess the other question I have, because um, uh, I have I have a lot of students. I, I teach music tech at uh, at Bowie and uh, and they they're trying to get their their mixes together. And I, I give them some good advice. But uh, I know that um, actual people who, who work in the field have like this detailed knowledge uh, of mixing. And what what type of advice would you give to um uh, some some of these students out here just trying to learn how to how to get get their mixes better. Um, sometimes the shortest answer is the best. And I had a <laughs> I had a uh, I had a intern back in the the day when I was working um, at that first gig, not the assisting uh, on the orchestra thing, but the first gigs uh, with Paul at the label. Um, had an intern one day says, "Man, I just." You get the you get the best drum sounds. How do you do that? And like I, I'm sitting here watching you, and it went pretty quick. And I just didn't I didn't see how it all came together. And how do you do that? How do you set that up? And I said, Well, I I twist the knobs until I like it, <laughs> and when I like it, I stop twisting the knobs. <laughs> now the reality for me now is I've been doing it for twenty plus years, so you know I I kind of know where I'm going to start, and I. I have a pretty good idea where it's going to finish too, but, um, and how to get there and how to connect those dots in between is a lot shorter, you know, yeah. now, but yeah. un- right, unfortunately, right. I, and I've had other, other folks too ask me, Hey, can you teach me how to mix? I'm like, well, I can teach you the principles of, you know, how an equalizer works and how a compressor right. works. But unless, unless you have that, and you mentioned earlier, is it just a gift? I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, it's definitely something you have to work at, whether it's a gift or not, but mm-hmm. um, whether it's a gift or not, I don't know. But um, if you don't yeah, have well, it, you don't have yeah. it. I mean, if you don't hear it, 
You know, yeah. you need to sit and right, you need right. to sit and learn how to listen and what yeah. to listen for. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's another thing with the way students are kind of today. A lot of people are going straight into being an engineer without going to a studio and interning for six months and assisting right. for a couple of years under under great uh, engineers, older guys that learned it and. You know, especially learned it the old way, the hard way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, there's nobody sweeping floors and cleaning toilets anymore. I mean, not, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not like we used to have to do. And then, you know, and then, but when you're there doing that, you've got a lot of time in between to sit behind those guys that have done it for years, know what they're doing and, and just learn by osmosis, yeah. you know, watching yeah. and listening and learning yeah. and asking questions. And yeah. just because you can get Pro Tools free and, a set of earphones doesn't make you, mm-hmm. you know, a mixer. Right. Um, right. It's all a lot to learn and don't, there's no shortcuts, you know, and don't try to shortcut it because you'll just be shortcutting your career. Boom. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah there, there's one, one other uh, thing I want you to address too, because this is, this happens a lot in conversations with people with actual mixers, but also students and everybody that they talk about uh, like the gear conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, are, are there, are the most expensive gear, is the most expensive gear the best to get or can you, can you work magic on, you know, low budget gear? And cause I know people who say that you could do that. And it's just, it's a conversation that's in, in all communities, but mm-hmm. what, I guess what, what's your take on, on, uh, on either like high, high price gear like expensive gear versus uh you know gen- general gear that's out there for the to the to the general public yeah like kind of the prosumer type stuff yeah exactly there uh well there's always uh there's always a weakest link in the chain so <laughs> right. minimizing the weakest link you know whatever that is you know is what you're what you're going to try to want to do i mean um when i started on my home studio, which like I mentioned to Kenya and you before that it's kind of in it's disarray right now because it's getting revamped. But, um, but, uh, when I started, uh, an engineer said, first thing you should buy, first thing you should do is find a pair of speakers, quality speakers that fit your ears. Speakers that when you listen to them, they just you immediately go, yes, that's yeah. what music is supposed to sound like. Yeah. And they could be really expensive speakers. They could be not expensive speakers. I am still listening on the original Mackie HR-824s and subwoofer mm-hmm. that I bought in 1998 <laughs> or 99, <laughs> whenever they came, right when they came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm still listening to them. I still love them. And... I'm, I don't know what I would replace them with if I had to, but you know, I mean, and they aren't, mm-hmm. they aren't terribly expensive speakers. Um, right. Right. You know, everything I look at now is like 12 times what I paid for those at least, ridiculous. you know, yeah, and it's, it's ridiculous. Go, oh my gosh, do I really, is it going to make that much difference? But, um, there's always the weakest link, but he said, find the speakers first because everything you do, you will listen to to and make yeah. judgments about through those speakers. Right. Exactly. Right. So I bought those speakers and I um, I endorse Zayola Silverline cable. And okay. um, so it's solid silver 
um, cable, and it it's wonderful. the The highs are just beautiful and pristine and glassy and right. not smeary or you know harsh mm-hmm. or anything like that. And the lows are nice and tight and warm, and I just love them. But I bought two cables, you know, to go from my little mixer to to my speakers, and uh, and that was it. I started there, so I started with quality stuff. And everything, like I said, everything since then has been made, you know, decisions were made by listening through those speakers wherever I was. But Mm -hmm. I I have high end Mm -hmm. gear here. I've got some Manly and some stuff like that and um, Neumann mics and um, I've got some really cool old vintage stuff from the 50s. Mm. Kendall's always taking pictures of it, posting it. You'll see it on there. So old EQs, like people call them Motown EQs or these old Langevin uh, graphic EQs that sound really cool. But. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's you know in the box these days. You know, for the most part, a lot of it's right, in the right. box, and yeah. um, and that's getting way better too. That stuff's getting way better. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can. Uh, you know, uh, another thing. I, early on in my career, and uh, was a guy who was interning, and he had access to the B room in the back, and he said he was going to take. Um, he was going to go home and record his band in his garage that night. I said, "Well, why aren't you bringing him into the studio and?" And doing it there, you've got access to all this great gear, you know, and great microphones right. in this 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 nice studio. You, know, you can get it for for free by your interning here. It's, it's not busy. Mm-hmm. He goes, "No, I, I can do I can do it in my garage. I can do everything I need to do in my garage with a couple of fifty sevens." I just kind of <laughs> chuckled. I said, uh, "If you don't know these names." You probably should, but um, Bruce Swedeen <laughs> that did all of uh, Michael Jackson's records and mm-hmm. most everything that Quincy did back in the day, and Elliot Shiner, who's done Steely Dan and stuff like that, mm-hmm. engineers, great engineers. And I said, you know, Elliot Shiner or Bruce Swedeen could probably make your band sound good with 257s <laughs> and a four track in your garage. Right. But you and I need all the help we can get. <laughs> Bring your band to the studio. Right, right. <laughs> so, well, you yes, just, you can. That's... It's just harder, and you have to be so more diligent diligent and know what to listen right. for and how to listen and, 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 and you just you said want. something important about the recording because right. i and and I, it. It, That's it. no i was going to say well with no with the recording piece like how important it is like because you're you're mixing but if the recording itself is like you know now we've got to you know we got to really kind of help it out right like because you know it's one thing yeah. that if you don't have a solid recording then your job yep. as a mixer is like well you know, I only have this. So, you know, as if, if we can, we need this recording to be as strong as possible so that my mixing can be, or do you find that you, because I feel like I get a lot of, you know, and I'm speaking as a singer. And so, you know, the recording quality might be all off and now they're waiting for the mixer to fix it. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, no, it wasn't recorded right. You know? <laughs> yes. That is absolutely 1000% correct. Um, yeah. It it's it's got to start where it starts. It's got to start right where it starts. And if yeah. you're, you know, I mean, think about it. If you're not writing a quality song, how are you gonna how are you gonna have it hit in the end? So if we're not recording right. it properly mm-hmm. at the beginning, how can any mixer possibly you know help you realize your sonic vision? Right. Um, if it's awful in the beginning and that's not to say you can't do good work in a, in a bedroom studio, you can, yeah. um, you just gotta be careful. It's yeah. a little more difficult when you're not in a perfect environment with $10,000 microphones and $5,000 yeah. preamps and all that kind of stuff. Those things yeah. make it easier. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you're not in the right environment and, or 
you don't know how to use those things. Yeah. Then it doesn't really matter. So right. right. Um, well, I I yeah, want to right I want it. Well, now that you said that, this is a, it's so perfect. You're you're just feeding into what I want you to discuss. Um, when you said you know get it right, and then that way to make the job. And so I I, I do want to share this. Um, and you know, Alan, I this was I I really I don't think I tried to thank you as much as I could, but you have to understand how special this was, um, what you did. And I think you were scared to do it <laughs> initially, <laughs> but, um, when my latest single favorite things, um, when we recorded the vocals, I, I typically record my vocals with Kendall because Kendall is ridiculously a stickler in terms of recording, you know, vocals and making sure they're as good as they can be for you <laughs> when it's time for you to go and do your mixing. And this particular song, I did not initially record the vocals and I'm, I'm being very transparent now. And I, I have to tell this story because I want people to understand, especially singers who are listening, you have to start trusting, you have to find good professionals and then trust them. That is very, very important. And you, you as a singer need to be in your lane as a singer, and then trust the people that you hire, therefore hire quality people. <laughs> because otherwise you can be spending a whole heck of a lot of money on something that really has no space to go anywhere because it was, it was done incorrectly. But when I did favorite things, long story short, didn't record the vocals with Kendall, um, recorded them. Didn't, and one of the good things with recording with Kendall also is he is a singer. So vocal production is a part of what he does when you're in the studio. So he really tries to make sure your performance, all of that stuff is right. And so when I did it and we kind of finished and it was like, okay, Alan, or and actually first Alan wasn't going to be the mixer on that. I had had somebody else. And then when I heard it back first time, I'm like, no, I got to bring in Alan. I, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm so used to hearing my voice mixed by Alan and you know, the whole thing. So we're going to bring him in. So Alan was, you know, gracious. Yep. You know, definitely I'll, I'll do it. You know, worked um, with Stu Stapleton, who was a producer on that song. And it's funny because when I gave it and I know, I know Alan and I know Kendall, how, you know, they're, they want it to be right. And so I trust them, but I also know that if it ain't right, <laughs> they're not going to, they, they're going to, especially Kendall, he's going to let me know. So anyway, I was like, okay, yes, take it Alan. And I know I felt like, eh, well, yeah, maybe I probably should have sang this this way, but not. And anyway, but then you just kind of try to just go a little bit in denial as a singer, because then you'll start going into freak out mode. Right. So had done all of that. And I, I don't know, Alan, if I even told you this, but my, my father passed away the same year that we um, recorded favorite things a few months no, actually before that. Yeah. Didn't know that. And my dad was a drummer. So music, like you said, you know, um, I, I don't know if we said this on air or off air, but in terms of waking up and, you know, music was just always a part of my life. And so, you know, my dad had all, uh, had dementia, advanced dementia. So he really wasn't present when I started really getting my music moving. But, but he could, whenever I played my music, he was still, that was the one thing that he could connect to was music, even in his advanced dementia. But he had passed away and... I, I, this is so crazy, but some days <laughs> I, I, had, I had this dream. I had a dream with him in it and I had recorded the favorite things, had given it to you, but I hadn't talked to you yet about everything. Um, or I was about to give it to you. And I had this dream though, before we had really talked about, um, the vocal recording and then the dream, my dad was in the dream and he told me in the dream, I know you have a new song, play it. 
and I played this is this gonna sound crazy and woo woo, but I played the song <laughs> in the dream, right? And the sound was off. It sounded off. And I was like, Daddy, in my dream, I'm like, Daddy, I, I swear this song is good, but something's wrong with the sound. And he's like, Okay, well, we'll play it again. And so I tried playing again and the sound wasn't getting better. And then I, you know, I just, I woke up and that was very, you know, I was like, huh, what, what is, you know, at the time, I don't know what, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but then you call, I think by like within 24, 48 hours or whatever, you ended up texting me at 11 at night. <laughs> it was <laughs> saying, like, yep. yep. And he was like, uh, you were trying to say all the positives about the recording. And you're like, there's just one thing. <laughs> I really love little... everything about it, except. <laughs> except you. <laughs> no. And so <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Did we end up calling each other? Did we end up getting on the phone? I can't remember yeah, if we, we just. Did. Okay. And, yeah. you know, you're like, listen, I could do this. I could do that. But I know you have it better in you. I've recorded your vocals over and over. And I hate to do this to you. But I think we need to record them over again. And when you say, I know for me, I was like, yes, because I knew I, b between my dad's dream and what I was listening to, I knew something was really off. And so I say that story. And, and so we did. I ended up recording them again. I went to Kendall. Yes, I had to spend that money all over again, vocalist. Yes, I did. But it was so worth it because, you know, once I got with Kendall on it, you know, he, he produced, he coached me through what I needed to do to be more confident in that vocal performance and make sure, you know, that we weren't having in, any pitchy and all crazy going on. And then, you know, since that was right, then Alan took it. And the song is so, I mean, and, and Gerald Albright is on that song. And even Gerald was like, whoa. Like, he sent me a message like, wow. Like, I mean, and for Gerald Albright to say that, and I know he already really liked the arrangement, but it was because sonically, Everything was translated so beautifully from his instrument to my vocals to the bass to everybody. And I say that to say, you know, you guys have to find good people and have relationships with the mixer. You don't want just blindedly some mixer because if we didn't have that relationship, Alan wouldn't have been as comfortable one, he wouldn't have known my voice well enough to know, okay, something is off, True. you know, but, and he's worked with me enough now to be able to say, okay, something is something. But the second part of that is that we have a relationship. So he felt like, okay, I'm going to have to reach out and talk to her about this. I know he was weary about it, but I trusted you. And it was like, thank you so much. Because had you not done that, we would have just tried to, you know, go ahead and go through. And it might have been fine. I mean, to the general whatever. But I know that that what that song, I mean, whenever I play it and when anybody plays it and, you know, I've had people tell me that song now is like that that goes down as a classic um, kind of rendition of favorite things. So long story is, you know, know your mixers. Thank you, Alan. You're 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 wonderful. You're a fantastic. And I know because of your music background, I just I'm sorry, I'm biased. Uh -huh. <laughs> Being a singer <laughs> and the fact that you listen to me is what gives you it just nurtures that gift, you know, that much more. So Oh, thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. Nice. You're right. Awesome. Uh, had awesome I not story. known you and worked with you for you know quite a few years um, and, and a number of songs, you're right. I probably wouldn't have known necessarily mm -hmm. your potential. And there are definitely times when you get that project in, and you're just like, "Wow, this is not good." But <laughs> I, I, right. I don't know this person at all. This may be the best they've got, you know. And I've <laughs> right. got to take, I've right, got to right. take that and actually make it sound like amazing so yeah. and fortunately with some of the tools we have today that we didn't have 30 years ago 20 years ago um or even 10 years ago there's a lot of stuff we can do yeah. um 
you know, it just takes time and a lot yeah. of effort. And yeah. um, I recently tuned a vocal for someone else that remained nameless uh, for <laughs> nine, nine hours. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow, if they would have spent nine hours recording it, I probably wouldn't have had to do this. But yeah. they probably right, spent right. 30 minutes recording it. <laughs> and then I spent nine hours fixing wow. it. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, changing pitches to the correct pitch that yeah. they didn't, just didn't, I mean, yeah. completely, not just out of tune, slightly out of tune, like literally the wrong pitch. And wow. copying yeah. words from one part of the song to pacing them on another part of the song because it was just unsalvageable and just all kinds of stuff that we can do. But that's, yeah, that's, that not, <laughs> that's not magic. You know, that's not the magic part that music, you know, in yeah. music when yeah. it happens. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not. Um, Frank yeah. Sinatra is probably still one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And trust me, there was no copying and cutting and pasting <laughs> and auto-tuning in those exactly. days. He sang right. live on the floor with yeah. the orchestra in yeah. real time. And it went down in one take or we did it again. He didn't punch. Yeah, exactly. So, Thank you for yeah. saying that because, you know, my singers, I'm, I've become a stickler between working with you and Kendall. You guys have taught me so much about how to listen um, to a, a, a mix and what to pay attention to and, you know, highs, lows and separation. And is everybody in their own lane? Like, or is, is one instrument overtaking another? And I've been really trying to help singers, um, learn how to listen to when they get their stuff mixed so they know mm. what to communicate and what not to communicate. Yeah. So, well, the fact that you have yeah. a producer is yeah. step one. I mean, so right, many, right. so many of these young artists feel like, oh, I've listened to music my whole life, or, or maybe I've even done music on the side my whole life, you know, a lot of my life, and I know how to produce a record. Mm. You probably, you probably don't, and um, <laughs> you know, there's a reason why producers get paid a lot of money to do what they do. Really good yeah. producers get paid a lot of money to do what they really do well and yeah. all those big records that you're hearing on the radio those big hit records they all have producers they're not self-producing their records so thank you thank if, you if yeah. if beyonce needs a producer you probably do too um <laughs> i mean you know if carrie underwood needs a producer you probably on, do too right and carrie, you can be a I'm great sorry. singer or I, yes. a great whatever player yes. but that doesn't mean that that um you're you'll be able to separate you know your your personal opinion from, you know, your right. actual, the actual performance and being able to go, no, I need to step away from that. And let's, you know, someone else needs to make that decision because I'm too close. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Oh, Alan, geez, we got to stop because we're at 45, but I, this has on, been I so, this is, no, but you've been, it's, I'm talking more than you. This has been so good because, and we, you know, we might have to do a part two because I, I'm, I'm concerned about this part of music. You know, I just, I really am concerned about, um, you know, I, I feel like I listen to stuff and I just sonically from, from independent artists, um, some independent artists who don't have what they think is budgets to have the right people. And it's mm -hmm. just like, it's, you know, I, I've, I've had artists that I've had to coach and I felt so bad because I'm like, I know you're a tremendous singer, but unfortunately the production and the mixing is so weak on this yeah. That it's just, you know, you've spent this money and it and it's it's sad because then the person, the singer thinks there's something wrong with them and that they weren't as good. Mm. And it's like, no, it, you were fine or, and the, or you, I mean, we can always be better, but it's real. The thing that's crippling this is more of the poor production and mixing and engineering. On right. This. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. When you when you go to small time stuff, you get small time results. Yep. 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 So. <sighs> All right. Well, Alan, Thank how you, can how can people yeah, can this. people follow you or get in touch with you if they maybe want to use your services? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge social network guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, please. Tell Gerald to call me by the way. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm on some of the social stuff. I don't do a whole lot. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time uh, on there, but I do check them and and respond and follow and you know, nice. retweet and stuff like that. So I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and it's just my name, Alan Litton, A L A N L I T T E N. Website is down right now because we're doing that with the studio, but um, that and. But you can be Googled. Your all music stuff is up. So if you guys. All music you know, is up. Yep. Yeah. You can Google me and all music is up. Yeah. And I'll include For that sure. link. And. Um, if anybody wants like a real, real direct and really be able to talk to him, you know, email me at info at creating crimson.com and I can get, you know, you know, you in touch because people need to, they need to, they need to work with the pros and, and have access. And that's part of what we're trying to do is, you know, connect the pros, you know, with those who are trying to develop. So, yeah. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Ha- it's not crazy expensive. It's nothing like that. And I'm and I'm yeah. not saying that you have to go get people that are crazy expensive. I mean, I think all things are, you know, in order. I mean, there's no reason to spend insane money on one section of it. You know, crazy right. money on just tracking or crazy money on just mixing or just mastering. You know, it all should be kind of in line right. together. But. Um, yeah, you, you definitely, you know, if you want to step up, you need to step up your quality. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yep. Well, yeah, so much more we, so we much. need to talk about. We should do this again. Yes. No, yes, we, we will. should. We will. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Will, we'll be back next week. We have another really good guest coming. I'm just, yeah. You know, constant. It's constant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, then. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll talk to y'all. All All right. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Will. Uh, Thanks, Alan. All right. Okay. Thank you, man. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com. B-I-Z.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.